Hello everybody and welcome to the Scattershotless Podcast episode 19. Before we begin today, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording today. This is, was, and always will be Aboriginal land. So yes, this is episode 19. If you're new to the podcast, Scattershotless is a true horror podcast where we retell some true horror stories that are horrifying by someone who's actually scared of true horror. That's me. My name is James. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined once again by the wonderful, red-headed and Irish descent, supposedly related to Barack Obama, Laura. Hello! Supposedly, allegedly, it is the truth. I am, in fact, related to Barack Obama. Thank you. Well, obviously we have to tell the story because we're not just going to leave it at that. (laughs) Um, so my great, 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 you know, so on and so forth, grandmother and Barack's great, 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 great grandfather were sister and brother. So you're like distant cousins. Oh, we are incredibly distant. Like you and I are probably more related than Barack and myself, but (laughs) it's my claim to fame and I'm allowed to work it. Um, I actually went to the town, um, or the county in which that family reigned from. Iconics. And even the pub had like a cardboard cutout of Barack um, when he was reigning president. Um, he visited that county as well. So there was like lots of memorabilia for him. And then we went to the house in which both of our ancestors were born. And it's pretty much a museum dedicated to my mum's maiden name. So she still, she still has... Well, yeah, it, it it's followed through. I guess there's been a lot of um, males because, you know, um, they generally hold the family name. Um, and, yeah, so it's the same. It's it's the, the same house. That's hot. Yeah. You should hit him up. Yeah, I think he would really. He's listen- obviously, like, less busy now. Totally, totally. Yeah, I should be like, hey, we're family. Let me come around. <laughs> <laughs> Visit Michelle, the kids. Invite me around for Christmas, Barack. That'd be so nice. It would be. It would really be wholesome. Really. Um, also, I was just... So, uh, I don't know if anybody listens, if anybody's new to the podcast, but normally I would, like, ask my guest about any scary experiences they've had in real life that they want to share. And Laura's first one was about her sleep anomalous dreams which are fucking terrifying <laughs> so go back and listen to that it was the um earlier i think it was like episode eight or something but laura i was like driving when i was driving down here to visit you i thought of another story that i was wondering if you'd be kind enough to share oh god and <gasps> it was the story of when your house got um robbed, robbed. oh god because that story is the one where the fan was on. That scares oh, me. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. pretty scary, actually. Um, so I think <clears throat> I was in maybe fourth or fifth grade, and um, I was I went to a, a party at a uh, roller skate rink and, you know, just having the best time, and mum at that point was still studying chefing at TAFE, and um, so she was out at TAFE. I was out at a roller skating rink, Um my dad, my brother, and my uncle at this point in time, my uncle was staying with us, were at home. And my dad was like, oh, I got to go pick Laura up from her party. Uh, so he left. And a couple of minutes later, um, 
my brother and my uncle heard a smash and the doorbell ring from the back of the house. So we had a doorbell at the back and at the front of the house. So I don't know why, just weird 70s design, I guess. Um, and and <laughs> so there was a smash. My dog ran to the back door. Um, my uncle, thankfully, was very quick on his toes and just immediately thought of the worst um, and grabbed my brother and they, they ran across the road and hid behind my neighbor's car and was just they were just looking inside the house. And um, they... <laughs> They didn't really know what to do. My uncle was like, oh, shit, I should probably, like, go and knock on the neighbor door, neighbor's door and call the um, police. So they did. And at that point in time, the the this man was in my childhood bedroom, um, which you could see from street view. So the, like, big windows looking in. Um, so they could see him. And my uncle gave a brief description of this guy who had really long like tangly blonde hair um and he was quite tall um and then about another two minutes later probably um I think it was six police cars turned up uh one of those being like pretty much a SWAT team um and they they got out of the car and at that point they kind of arrived when we got home from the um roller skate rink and my dad was like I've got a golf club in the, in the garage. Let me come in. And they were like, no, no, you have to stay out here for your safety. Uh, and dad was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess there's, you know, seven police cars here. One of which contains people with shields and shit. Um, and, and so they went through each room in the house. Like the, I, I remember seeing them kind of like all line up in front of the couch and then they'd all go one, two, three. And they kind of like, <laughs> Um, like push themselves over to look behind the couch all at the same time. Um, they were going through every single room, everything, every corner. They asked dad about any entrances underneath the house, above the house, um, any, you know, ways anywhere on the property where, um, somebody could be hiding or whatever. Um, and I was just looking in from the street cause obviously I didn't go inside. Um, and so my room, the light was on and my fan, oddly enough, was on full blast, which for me was just really scary. That's, that's the thing that scares me most. Yeah. The little detail. Yeah. And somehow this guy, I don't know at what point he'd uh, he'd escaped the property and gotten um, onto the highway, which is kind of like two streets away. So he'd found like the shortcut onto the highway and, and got away. Um, but he was someone who was wanted so highly in the community, um, for theft and break in. And I think also for, um, violence, that's why so many, um, police turned up. I don't know. I never asked about the details as to why there were so many police there, but I would say he could have been someone very dangerous, uh, to have around. Um, and he, and you know, the police were saying he has been watching the house for a while, uh, because he, he's like striked when, um, when the last left, car right. left, not realizing that there were more people in the house. And the only drawers that were open around the house were the ones that contained, um, like, 
like generally you store things in uh, like an underwear drawer. And so the only drawer in my room that was open was the underwear drawer. Mm. Uh, and it's kind of like, how did you know that? Um, and the same with uh, my mum's bedroom. But thankfully we aren't cliche and hide shit in our underwear drawers. <laughs> so I think the only thing he got away with was like a laptop, dad's laptop, which he had a shit ton of work on it. And back then there was no such thing as a cloud drive or anything like that. So he lost all of this like I think he put like a hundred hours into some spreadsheet or some shit and he had to start again which is a bit of a annoyance um but yeah he he really didn't take a whole lot um, yeah quite he did about uh, a year or a year or two later he did get caught and um my dad or oh, was it mum no it was dad had to go in and like pick him out from a lineup and stuff oh, like wow. that which is really hard because it's kind of like that was two, almost two years ago. Mm. Like it, those memories fade and those faces fade and like your own memory isn't as good as the last time um, you like remember you that. remember. Like it gets yeah. worse every time. So, um, yeah, but anyway, he did get caught. So well, thank God. Yeah, honestly, thank God. <clears throat> Something so scary to me about um, like somebody coming into your like safe because you think your house is so safe and mm. like. You spend your personal and private time there. Absolutely. And then someone being in that private space is, like, really intrusive and scary to me. Totally. It's so. my top fear, that one. Yeah. Home invasion is my number one. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> I'm just, like, weirdly thankful I've never. it's never happened to me. But count me lucky bloody star. Knock on bloody wood, mate. Knock, knock. Knock it on the wood. <laughs> um, what else... I know that your house was robbed <laughs> twice. <laughs> Three times, yeah. You're not kidding. Yeah, look, I think after the third time, mum and dad was like, mm, okay, and we're not in a bad, like our, our no, family not. home wasn't in a bad no. area at all. Um, it was just, I think, the proximity to the highway and that there was like a, um, that little like alleyway kind of thing between two houses led straight to the highway. So it was a very quick getaway. Um, and it was, I guess, the area, you know, you could assume that um, there was definitely things worth stealing. Um, but, yeah, after the third time, mum and dad realised, mm, we should probably put a home alarm system in. Mm. And I thought, yeah, you probably should have done that after the first guy, but that's fine. And you didn't get robbed after that? No, we didn't. Um, as soon as they see those... Um, Flashy lights. Like the light thing out the front, yeah. even if it's fake, it's it's still something it's that... It's like a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we had people... Um, What's the word when you just like ramsack? No, like they lift squat. <laughs> we had squatters oh. in our house. We went away for a long weekend and we had squatters stay in the house. Um, that was chaotic to come home to. Um, <laughs> um, for some reason, mum and dad's bedroom window was shut but not locked. And they got through and they stayed for the whole weekend. Um, they put on, like, mum is very into her dress-ups and they put on um, wigs to look like, I guess, us. Uh, or at least not themselves. <laughs> what the f- they ate all of the food. Um, they left out, like, cereal. So, you know, we got home on, say, the Monday of the long weekend and there was a couple of bowls of cereal left around. Um, they'd been smoking in the lounge room, so there was, like, cigarette burns in the carpet. They'd been playing the PlayStation. So when the police came, they were like, um, 
check all of the saved data to see if they've like saved under their name. I'm like, what kind of idiot robber house? No, uh-huh. not at all. My most stressed moment was like, I hope they fucking didn't overwrite my shit. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ, how rude. Um, and Will then you change your room. Um, oh, I honestly can't remember. The main thing was just like, there was just crap everywhere. They just decided that they were just going to live there, live there. Like they'd pulled everything out of, um, the linen cupboards throughout the house. So there was just like towels and sheets all through the hallway and like mum and dad's room. There was just like, just, they'd kind of like taken all of the clothes off the shelves and stuff like that. Um, and then all of the food was gone. They'd take, they'd eaten and taken all of the food, which was like no biggie. Um, and then they took the, like, we had like a Anzac biscuit tin of coins, like just Mm. like not all, it was probably max worth like less than $200. Yeah. Um, and so they took that. But, like, the weird thing was, like, they didn't take the PlayStation. They didn't take a camera that was just, like, I had, like, a pretty good Canon DSLR camera just sitting in the kitchen. Um, there were three laptops in the house at that point. Um, so I'm not sure whether it was just, like, John. just wanted to fuck some shit up for the weekend. Did they get caught? Um, I honestly can't remember if they did or not. That's so fucked. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. That's almost yeah. scarier than the burglary. Yeah, it, it it was very unsettling, like, the first week or maybe even more after, just knowing that, like, someone could have been sleeping in my bed. Obviously, with the robbery before, I was already a bit triggered, so I was, like, every night I had to get Dad to, like, check my cupboards and make mm. sure no one was in them, and, like, that's – it's, like, a huge thing. Like, I have a very routine at the end of the night. Like, all of my cupboards are shut. The door is properly shut. Nothing's left ajar. Like, I'm very specific with, like, my nighttime routine just to – just because of that, really, I think. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it it's a weird, weird thing to go through that many ro- robberies. But, thankfully, nobody was hurt. It was just material things and everything got replaced, so – it's yeah. really fucked though. It really is. And it does fuck with you. Like, obviously, I'm still affected now as an adult with, yeah. like, home security and stuff. So, yeah. It's funny because, like, even I get really nervous at night time. Nothing's ever happened to me with home invasions and stuff. But I just get nervous about the door being locked and, like, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So, I'm like, I don't fucking, I shouldn't even be worried because <laughs> you've actually been through some shit. Yeah, but then I think, like, really the odds of it happening again and also, like, Every single time we've been away, they know. Yeah, like, yeah. only really dumb robbers will ro- come in or try and get in when someone's home. Like, that's the last thing they want is to see somebody when they're trying to steal shit. Mm. So, you know, generally they'll be watching the house. They'll know how many cars are normally in the driveway and stuff like that. So um, it, it, it's kind of comforting in that regard that if it is going to happen, I most likely won't be home. Um, but I yeah. just get scared that they'd come in and then panic and then kill me because they didn't expect someone, so they'd panic and murder. Well, thankfully, <laughs> we don't have guns here. True. So, also, I, mean, I think I'd go full beast mode. Like, I would go adrenaline. Yeah, it's hard to know. Like, it, mm. it's kind of like a fight or flight thing, I think. Like, with my uncle, when that happened, like, he would have been about our age when it happened. And because, like, my brother was probably, like, 10. So, yeah, he's about 15 years older. Yeah, so he would have been our age when it happened. Mm. And, like, I think he went into flight mode and was just, like, get the child outside, yeah. just fucking run out the front door and, yeah, yeah. Cookery. Absolutely. Absolute cookery. Absolutely. Wow, what a way to start. Thank well, you. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, I don't know, Laura, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, but I've been doing Horror Movie of the Week. Mm. Um. Have you been listening? That's my test for your friendship. So, 
No, I Interesting. haven't. Interesting. I've lived a very busy life the past couple of weeks. You need to give me a break. <laughs> you need to give me a break. One though. hour out of your week. It's not too bad. But well, you know it's what? not, but every hour of my day is occupied by something. I understand so. one hour of the week is really hard to do. So. Yeah, it really is. It honestly really is. It's really is. hard to put something on in the background and just like mindlessly. It's so hard. It's really hard. So it is. I understand. <laughs> I have sympathy. But anyway, <laughs> this week's horror movie of the week is The Tunnel. plan from the start was when we got to the tunnels was to get to the lake because that's where the story was okay through here through there yeah yep. tight down there tubby you reckon you're gonna make it directly below one of sydney's busiest train stations is the forgotten water resource that's causing all the controversy yeah nothing stood out to start off with it was quite normal hey tangles uh, yeah there's something wrong with the light there's something stuck on it <laughs> shit how did I not see that coming? <laughs> I was starting to feel there was something not quite right. Bell out, Moss. So I'm going to quickly just brief over, like, the vibe. Okay. It came Can out. I guess what it's about? Sure. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. Wait, what where, What country do you think first? It is set in Serbia. Sure. Um, and, like, this is a bit of a throwback to our last podcast about the tunnel, the mining yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah, so I'm getting the, that kind of energy. I think it's about, um, like... You go, like, the characters go into the tunnel, but it's, like, underground tunnel, like, sewer systems, and they get lost and they can't get out, but there's also, like, demons or something down there. Very close, but it's an Australian <gasps> film. Ooh. Came out in 2011. It's found found footage, so it's, like, a shaky cam documentary-style mm-hmm. one. It's directed by Carlo Ledesma, co-written, co-produced, and co-edited by Julian Harvey. It was their first feature film, so it was very... um. Low budget, but done very, very well. Yeah. The film is, so it's pretty much like you think you're watching a documentary and your main characters are Natasha and Stephen. And Natasha is a journalist and Stephen is a cameraman. Mm -hmm. There's also a man they call Tangles, who's like the audio engineer man, like boom mic operator. Sure. So in the midst of like a drought and water shortages, the New South Wales government decides that they are going to try and get millions and millions of litres of water that's trapped underneath um, the Sydney city in these, yeah, like, right. in these tunnels. Um, and so the government suddenly, like, just gives up on the plan and the public's like, um, what's the go here? Mm. So these journalists are like, T, this must be some sort of cover-up, what's actually in these tunnels. So they decide to venture into the tunnels and they realise that um, there's some parts that homeless people are squatting in um, and there's also that it was used for an air raid shelter in the 1940s. 
Um, they come across enormous underground lakes. Um, and in one scene, Tangles, who's the sound engineer man, he hears some strange noises through his headphones. And later, the group heads to uh, this like small, like tiny, tiny little room where the World War II air raid bell is. And it's literally this giant piece of metal that oh. they would hit really hard. And because the tunnel was so vast, that it would the sound would travel. Oh, wow. Um, to get footage of the bells ringing, Natasha hits it. But Tangles says the sound's loudness is distorting the audio. So she, he's like, hit it again. Um, but I'll step back a little bit. And so he steps into the hallway um, to try and record it. And then she hits the bell again. And then the cable that's connected to the camera immediately gets pulled. And then oh. Tangles goes missing. Oh, and that's where no. I'll leave it. It is one of the scariest found footage films I've ever really? seen. There's something about found footage horror films that always really get to me. Because yeah. I find them so realistic and like really scary. And they don't follow the rules of conventional horror. So I don't know mm. when the scares are coming. Sure, um, sure. Obviously, Blair Witch was the first to really set the mood and the rules of these films. Like, mm-hmm. But then you get films like Paranormal Activity, The Tunnel, Quarantine, Wreck, that like completely change the rules. Yeah. And this is one of them. I'd highly recommend it. You would never watch it. It would scare the balls off of you. Okay, good. Good. I know. probably wouldn't watch it again because it scared the absolute wow. shit out of me. Um, but then it might be one of those things because like, I watched it years ago, so I might rewatch it and be like, oh, this is not that good. Yeah, okay, right. What's your rating out of five? Out of five, I would give it a three and a half. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. Um, good acting. I like Australian films. We like, yeah, we stand an Aussie film. We stand an Aussie we film. Do. We got a support. We stand a legend. And yeah. it's, it's just well done. I would I'd highly recommend it. If you had some time, you can get it online for like four bucks from iTunes or you can rent it for like two bucks. So just do it. Check it out. Check it out. Um, and me and Laura, we watched the entire series of Euphoria, Euphoria with JJ and Taylor. And that is also another one that I would probably recommend, even though uh, it is problematic, has some issues that, you know, I don't want to go into right now. But yeah. glorification of drug use, everybody's very sexy and nobody's very realistic. But what the general meaning of the, of of what they were trying to say is yeah. good. It's visually very stunning and the soundtrack is just It's very good. Fucking good. Yeah. So Euphoria, HBO, if you can find it online, do it. If not, dunno. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to guess what our main story is gonna be today, like just off the cusp of your life, what would you say? I'm gonna say animal related. I feel like we've had a theme with animals. So that's my guess. Nowhere near. Wow. Great. So we're going to have a very brief break and then we'll be back for the main story. Love you. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Scared Shitless Podcast, episode 19. Um, I joined with Laura, unfortunately. <laughs> so, Canberra's cold. My nose is always cold here. But that is, that's okay. That's not the real horror story here. The real <laughs> horror story here is global warming. Just kidding. The real <laughs> horror story here is coronavirus. Just kidding. Um, over it. Just saying. I miss clubbing. 
Really? I miss dancing. I miss performing. That's okay. I so, I like to set up my own home dance sessions. That's nice. Just plug some headphones in, turn it up to full, and you feel like you're in a club, really. It's the Maybe same. I'll do that. Flash, flash your, you know, ceiling light on and off a few times, and, and it's the same, you know? Okay. I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. Sure, I'll do it. Put some honey on the floor. Make it sticky. Really nice. get into that dingy club aesthetic. Smoke inside. <laughs> Smoke inside. Yep. Do all of the things. Love that. Yeah. Um, you should invite like a 45 year old man over and get him just like creep up to you in your living room while you're dancing. And then you're like, no, thank you. And then he keeps going and then you're like, please, like, I'm good. And then you just like, all right. Yeah, that sounds good. And just like walk past him and then get, you know. Grabbed. Grabbed. Yeah. hate that. Okay. So Mm. today we're talking about a woman by the name of Kat Reston. Okay. Guarantee you've never heard of this hoe. No, I have never heard of her ever in my life. But she has a cool name, so, so she I'm in. is a woman, born in the year two thousand. Crazy, young. Isn't that? Oh, it's crazy! It actually the year two thousand. So she's twenty. It's like you were born when phones were a thing. Crazy. Yeah, the digital natives. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Wow. Well, sometimes, yeah. What do you mean? What else are they called? Um, isn't it like, what's, what's well, technically 2000? they're millennials, millennials, technically they're millennials. Um, but they're like, yeah, I've, I've heard them referred to as digital natives just because they were born in the, age, the tech age, tech age. Yeah. They've Teen. been surrounded by iPads since they were in a pram. They, you know, I've, um, in my education studies, <gasps> um, there, you know, there's kids nowadays that will be handed a book and they'll pinch it to zoom in on the photo. Like oh, no. they're they're accessing things that aren't tech as if they were. It's kind of scary. It's isn't kind it? of like inbuilt in them. Yeah. But then and again, like, like I don't read books anymore. Don't you? Yeah. No. See, I still do. I still do. And like, like I've been like tripped up a few times and had like my own little glitch of like pinching something to zoom Whoa. or like scrolling like scrolling yeah. on instead of like flicking a page. Like it's only a couple of times, mm. but it's it's a bit, yeah, it's crazy. Sometimes when I play The Sims for too long, I feel like I can fast forward time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I'm, I can pause time and I feel like someone's controlling me. And I'm oh. like, fuck, this is real life, isn't it? Truman right. Complex right there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so she's um, born November 29th, raised in Virginia Beach, which is in Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's like a small coastal city that looks like um, the Gold Coast. Like, it's pretty much the same vibe as mm. the Gold Coast. She went to um, Plaza Middle School and then Green Run High. She was a new mother to a little girl by the name of Aaliyah. Um, Kat was described as being shining, spirited, who inspired others at gatherings and events. And you always knew when Kat was in a room because she had a really powerful energy about her. So. Beautiful. Um, some other strange facts. Don't know if they're even relevant, but you know what? Hit These me. Cockatoos. My oh my. Every time we're Every here, there time. is a form of animal that interrupts oh. us. But we love it. We love nature. Yeah. She's beautiful. So she was very into music. She was bisexual and she was very intrigued and interested in Wiccanism. Mm. So like magic and that stuff. So... She actively tweeted about some of her... Have you ever met met a real Wiccan, by the way? No. We went to high school with one. Did we? Yeah. Initials? 
A B. <laughs> anyway, she. I don't know if this correlates in any. Yes. Um, she's not doing well now, so I don't know what happened there, but mm. maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'm mouthing it to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Okay. Anyway, um, so <laughs> <laughs> she actively tweeted about like her rituals on Twitter. She's very, very active on Twitter. Um, she was a big active member also within these Facebook groups, which I was trying to get into and I couldn't, they wouldn't accept my invitation anyway. Oh no. Um, and so after the, the, these groups were dedicated to like Wiccanism, witches and paganism and things like that. So Ooh. after some time, Kat decided to join, um, a few like different Facebook groups that practice different forms of spirituality. And one of these Facebook groups was dedicated to um, the belief and um, uh, system of voodoo. Oh, so okay. obviously it's important to give a brief history of voodoo before we talk about it because it's very, very, it's very like misunderstood because of pop culture. When you think of voodoo, like what do you think of? You immediately think of the doll, right? Yeah, With yeah, totally. Yeah, very revengey, very yeah, yeah, like bad energy. Sure. Yeah. So voodoo um, is very culturally like it has a lot of rich cultural history, um, and you know unless you have, it's pretty well known within like the community of of voodoo or voodoo which is the actual name mm. um that you shouldn't really dabble with it unless you really know the cultural background of it or unless you know what you're doing because it's not something that you should be toying with it's like playing with a ouija ball without knowing what you're doing yeah yeah um and so there is like literally countless branches of, of voodoo which is actually um like there's too many to even talk about but yeah they mostly originated from afro-caribbean descent originating in haiti so most of it came from haiti yeah yeah um though followers of the belief can be found in jamaica the dominican republic brazil the u.s and mostly louisiana and many other places across the world so it actually has like almost nothing to do with voodoo dolls at all um it's well, there just, you go. It is one ritual that is very, very not done. It's not done very often, but someone down the pop culture path started to grab it and make it like a big thing. Anyway. Yeah, okay. So, voodoo, the actual word refers to, quote, a whole assortment of cultural elements, personal creeds and practices, including an elaborate system of folk medical practices, a system of ethics transmitted across generations, including proverbs, stories songs and folklore unquote it's like pretty much any other um form of belief or religion mm. you know, stories that are passed down there's ways that you should act there are ethics that you should abide to so on and so forth yeah. um so voodoo teaches belief in a supreme being called bondia and the bondia is the creator of god so he's pretty much the maker of everything mm -hmm. just like our god mr god mr big mr g unit g unit 50 cent oh g unit is okay. that 50 cent g unit g unit is that 50 cent isn't G-Unit G-Unit? No. 50 Cent, you say G-Unit. But I think because he was in a group called G-Unit. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm not well-versed in no, uh, that. No, not well-versed. No. Um, so Voodoo believers worship many different spirits, which are called Loa. 
each of whom is responsible for a specific domain or part of life. For example, if you're a farmer, you might give praise and offerings to the spirit of agriculture. If you're suffering from a heartache, you'd praise or leave offerings for the uh, lower, her name is we Frida, who's a spirit of love and so on. So pretty much with like Greek mythology as well, every deity kind of rules. Represents a yeah. specific, yeah. Cool. Correct. So in addition to helping human affairs, Loa can also manifest themselves by possessing the bodies of their worshippers. There's like hundreds of videos of them, of these possessions online. They're really interesting. Wow. Um, and followers of Voodoo believe in a universal energy and a soul that can leave the body during dreams and spirited possession. That could be you. Very relevant. I, I'm that. There we Astro go. Astro traveling. Yeah. In Christian belief, spiritual possession is usually considered to be an act of evil, either Satan or some sort of demonic entity mm. trying to enter an unwilling human vessel. But in Voodoo, possession by Loa is actually highly desired and if you get possessed by a lower like that's big deal like it's really good right um in a ceremony guided by a priest or a priestess the possession is considered a valuable very very uh, unique first-hand spiritual experience it's actually really scary to watch but i think that if you're the one like I've, i saw one in there was a, a woman in brooklyn who is a priestess and she gets possessed by um, one of the lower that loves to smoke and drink. So when she's possessed, she keeps smoking cigarettes really quickly oh. and sculling rum. But she says as soon as she um, gets unpossessed, uh, she's not drunk and she's completely sober. The what? taste of cigarettes is gone. And um, she says she'll never get cancer because it's not her smoking. It's the lower. Crazy. Wow. Uh, so Voodoo originated, um, sorry, it's a bit of a long-winded backstory, but I want people to, like, the whole point of the episode is a brief, is a history of um, Voodoo. Voodoo, sure, um, sure. As well as the main story. So Voodoo originated with slaves who combined elements of their West African traditions and beliefs with the Roman Catholicism imposed on them by like their masters. Yeah. Um, a nine, uh, sorry, 1685 law forbid the practice of African religions and required all masters to Christianize their slaves within eight days of their arrival. How nice is that? Um, mm. Slavery was condoned by the Catholic church as a tool con for converting Africans to morally upright Christians. Slaves forced to adopt Catholic rituals thus gave them double meanings. And in the process, many of their spirits became associated with Christian saints. So here's a really good quote here. Many of the African spirits were adapted to the new uh, millennium in the new world. Ogun, for instance, the Nigerian spirit of ironsmiths, hunting and warfare, took on a new persona. He became Ogo, the military leader who has led phalanxes into battle against oppression. In Haiti today, Ogo inspires many political revolutions, though undesirable Against, sorry, uh, against undesirable oppressive regimes. So pretty much like these um, these poor slaves who came and got uh, forced into Catholicism, just like in Australia, <laughs> um, they kind of made their own religion by mixing yeah. the saints of Catholicism with their own beliefs, which is really cool. I feel like I've heard this before. Maybe it was when we did that voodoo tour in New Orleans. It was. She mentioned she that. Did. She mentioned that her... Um, family she did mention that one of her family's saints is lower um that she prayed because i asked her how she like got her powers and whatever yeah and she told me that it's a specific lower that she's been followed by since she was a kid um and then she mentioned the story of how 
when slaves came, yeah. they would use Catholic saints and they would have to pretend. And it was a way to keep their... Religion alive. Yeah. Because they'd have to pretend. Continued. Correct, correct. Yeah, very, yeah, it was a good way, to, I guess, to, to continue that and to, um, like, align it with the um, Christian, Catholic, whatever. Definitely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. She was incredible. Oh, she was. She was a show woman. She An really absolute <laughs> show girl. I loved her. And she was so intimidating. I remember we stopped to get a drink and I was like, I want to go talk to her. And you're like, go, go. And I was like, I'm not intimidated. She's too cool. Like, she's too cool. Oh, anyway. And we were boiling hot. Oh, sweating <laughs> out of every orifice we were. Um, so back to Kat, finally. Um, so when she began, um, like she so on the Facebook group that I mentioned before, the Wiccan group, she started to mention in her original Wiccan group that she wanted to move to the Voodoo belief and Voodoo. And mm. um, she was, like, hit by a lot of people in the group being like, hey, just so you know, Voodoo, Wiccanism, Paganism, they're all extremely different and you need to learn. You have to learn it. You have yeah. to be bestowed it upon you. Yeah. You have to grow Don't up with it. around with that. It's not something you should be touching. And yeah. so she... Obviously did not descend from any Voodoo. She was not inducted into the belief, nor did she have the cultural background of the belief or um, like, so obviously she, so she was white. That's the best way to put it. She was white. Okay. Um, so some people in the group supported her stating that it was okay to try something different if you educate yourself on the belief and understand the consequences behind the actions that you practice and you have to understand what you're doing rather than just jumping in and getting a Voodoo and Poking in the head and then hoping for the best. So that's yeah, not going to sure. work. Um, <laughs> so Kat took to Twitter posting a few photos of a small doll made from straw, which I'll post on the Instagram. Instagram. Um, and she like lit it on fire with like a little lighter. And the caption of the photo said, if somebody is into something different, accept that. Full stop. Stop saying, no, you come from God because I'm a Wiccan and I will always be. So shut the fuck up and let me be. Oh, okay. So that post, people from her working group saw it and were like, sis, what's wrong with you? Don't say that because you know what? That's not Wiccan. So stop pretending that what you're doing has anything to do with Wiccan beliefs or paganism um, because you're playing a dangerous game here. Yes. Um, so the a few people who actually practice Voodoo saw that ritual and like, oh, girl, you're playing with the wrong fire there. Please yeah. be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad things are going to happen. Yeah. So three weeks after she posted that on Twitter, Kat posted on the witch group in the Facebook group saying, I saw Papa Legba. I'm scared. Oh, wow. That so, sounds horrifying. Papa Legba is a lower in Haitian voodoo um, who is the spirit between the lower and humans. He speaks every human language and facilitates communication, speech, and understanding. He is commonly associated with dogs. He often appears as an old man on a crutch or with a cane, wearing a broad-brimmed straw hat and smoking a pipe or drinking sparkling water. The dog is... That's so specific. It's very... That All of their lower are very, very specific. Sparkling water. They always like, not have just a, water. Yeah. yeah. They always seem to have a beverage and food or some sort of... Some identifier. Mm. Wow. Okay. And they're all very visually striking. All of mm. them. Um, and so his sacred animal is the dog. So you don't fuck with dogs around sure. him. He's also portrayed in American Horror Story Coven. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember... Um, 
in Coven. Um, he is he comes as a, in a top hat and a tuxedo, which is wrong, but it doesn't matter. Um, and his half face is painted white, and he comes from the mirror, I think. And then he's got a really deep, raspy voice, and he takes. He's like, "I'm going to take one of you to hell." Do you remember that? Vaguely. Mm, he's Vaguely. a very scary character. Anyway, so when she posted this, people were speculating online and they were like, it can't be possible that you saw Papa Legba. There's no way because he, that ritual that you did on Twitter would not call Papa Legba, but people were a bit worried that she might have accidentally called somebody different and that person is Baron Samity. So Baron Samity mm. is the kind of lower you would never want to be visited by. Okay. He's Loa of the dead. He's the head of the Gwede family of Loa. His wife is a Loa of Mamam Brigitte. I'm not sure what that means. I'm so sorry. So what happens if like, wait, oh, so the Loa is something, sorry. I was thinking like, what if your family comes from that Loa, but you don't come from the Loa. The Loa no, are yeah. the, like the, I guess, is it gods? Are they gods? From what I've, un- yeah, they're kind of like right. deities. What I've understood is like, um, I don't know if you've ever been around many Catholic families, but certain families definitely um, lean towards saints and, like, they're really, yeah, like... Yeah, okay. So my middle name is Michael, and apparently that's my saint name. Sure, So I okay. guess it's, like, our white it's way of doing It's kind of like that. that. Yeah, so, mm. no, like, no one would be Baron Samity. for him? Probably not, but the thing is, he does have some good about him, so I'll get into that. So okay. he's normally de- depicted with, like, a top hat... Um, a black tail coat, dark glasses, and cotton plugs in his nose. Oh. Um, as if to resemble a corpse dressed and prepared for a burial in the Haitian style. Sure, okay. Um, he's of- often always um, depicted um, as a skeleton and speaks in a nasally voice. Normally, if he wasn't depicted as an actual skeleton, he would be a man painted with a skeleton face on his face. Sure, sure. He's very fond of rum and tobacco and is known for healing. (laughs) (laughs) And is known for healing those who are near or approaching death. So Baron Samity is also the only known lower that can accept an individual into the realm of the dead. So he's the only one that can actually kill somebody, take them away. Wow. It sounds like that. Well, that rum and tobacco sounds like the girl before who she gets taken over by somebody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not him. She doesn't Um, get taken by him. No, wait, are you talking about when I, the woman from the documentary? Yeah. I mentioned? It could be, but I think a lot of them do have tobacco and rum. It's sure. like a big thing. Sure, sure. Um, you can actually get a rum called Baron Samity if you want to buy it online. Oh. <laughs> Not sponsored, I wish it was, thanks. Um, <laughs> so he's known for his like very cheeky jokes. He, he swears a lot, he drinks a lot, and he smokes a shit ton as well. Bit of a pirate. Bit of a pirate. He's often found at the crossroads of death and life. And when somebody dies, he digs up their grave and greets their soul after they've been buried, leaving them to the underworld. Mm. Mm. All right. Okay. So back to Kat. So um, understandably, people online started to warn Kat that she might be, um, she might have summoned Baron Samity and not Papa Legba, and that she needed to be careful or go and find someone who practices voodoo um, or voodoo um, to like undo it. To, to like get some advice, pretty sure, much. Sure, sure. Um, and she obviously did not take any advice. Um, Good and for two her. days later, Cat Reston was found dead in her mother's <sighs> home after allegedly drowning in the bath. Oh, shit. She had just given birth to her daughter, Aaliyah. 
uh, five months earlier. And it was later said on social media by a family member that Kat suffered a severe, a severe panic attack in the bath um, and it led her to drown. Oh, I didn't God. believe that for a minute. No? I don't know what kind of adult could drown in the bath. I'm sorry. That's a true point. I actually. never hear of anybody drowning in the bath unless you are a child. A child. So I think, I think. I mean, unless. Either it's a cover drugs. up by the family, drugs, or uh, Baron Samity or some sort of vengeful spirit has visited her and she's gone, gotten to the point of panic in the bath that she's some sort of paralysis or mm. she like fell asleep or I guess we're never going to know but the circumstances around her death are very fucking strange and scary yeah um and so somebody who was in a facebook group put up a rest in peace um uh post, post which is still in the group and I wanted to join him but they went let me <laughs> um <laughs> anyway so the this person that didn't rest in peace um uh, status for her they contacted Papa Legba because they are very, very high and well-known practicing voodoo person. Yeah. Um, so they communicated with Papa Legba and asked whether he was behind the death of Cat, Cat, uh, sorry, Cat Reskin. But the poster said that Papa Legba told her that it was in fact Baron Samedi. And Confirmed. Cat, Cat had tapped into the wrong force. And, oh. Um, apparently from what this post say, is saying is it was, in fact, uh, Baron Samity and Papa Legba was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what this is. Yeah, right. So um, Kat Reston's family asked people to attend, who, who attended um, the funeral uh, via video conference because of, like, social distancing rules because this has just very recently happened. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, very, very recently. So during corona time. Correct, yeah. Holy shit. Um, they asked to donate money. Her mother asked her to donate money to a GoFundMe page instead of buying flowers mm-hmm. for the funeral to assist with Aaliyah um, to get give her a better start at life. Yeah. Um, Kat Reston was 20 years old and her daughter Aaliyah is five months old. And that is the story of Kat Reston and Baron Samedi. Wow. It's actually That's really... wild. And I've also learned so much from that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. I didn't really know about the lowers and all of that. It's fascinating. It really it's is. so fascinating. Do I, not even um, touch the surface of it. Yeah. I'm so interested in what all of them, they like all of them look like. Mm. Well, I can show you a photo of, yeah. like, a, an artist's representation of what. Yeah, well, I guess, like, maybe they look different to everybody, but, like, with For those sure. same um But it's just, like, um, when you see photos of Jesus, they're usually generally the same. True, yeah. So this is generally what Baron Samedi is, like, looks like. He's a... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's really cool. He's got a very striking uh, look to him. And then if you want to look at someone like Papa Legba... Um, he also looks very cool. Like it's weird that I say cool because obviously, uh, this is somebody's belief, but it's just cool. It's just really yeah. cool. Um, that's from American Horror Story, and it's closest thing oh, I can get. Oh, I remember that. Yes, guy. yes, yes, yes. Um, so a couple of things when you read up on the story, uh. People did not read, obviously, they're right, They're reporting on the wrong thing and it's become like a hot posting topic mm. because um, everybody's like, mm, I read a few, actually probably like six or seven um, posts and they said, white girl dies after summoning voodoo god. 
And I'm just like, guys, <laughs> like, just, there's a way of going, this, whether or not she should have done anything to do with cultural and deeply rich beliefs, mm. don't, she's dead. Like she's dead. She, t- yeah. she actually died, and her daughter's gone. So yeah, you gotta yeah. Get a bit, you gotta you gotta like have a bit of respect because if you read into the story, um, that wasn't the spirit that she called anyway. Yeah, um, she posted about it, but it, she, she didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. The spirit. And also, she's young. Very young. Like you know that it's it's it is such a shame that someone young has lost their lives, but it's it's you know she's so young that she didn't realize what she was doing. Probably didn't realize, you know, the impact that that would make um, on her as well. So it's kind of a, a very, I guess, mm. um, yeah, like not naive, but yeah. I think it's like when you're going through your, you know, 18 to 20 to 30, whatever, that kind of time, what we're going through right now, our beliefs and like our um, spirituality is constantly influenced by so many different things. Yeah. So it's so easy to like watch American Horror Story and be like, fuck yeah, fucking voodoo seems sick. Let's like go fucking get a doll and stab some needles in it. Yeah. But you got to understand, I guess. Um, it's way more than that. And mm. yeah, you've got to, especially with something like that, it sounds like it's something that like you've got to have some kind of, I don't know. Connection with and, and yeah. understanding of and um yeah it's it sounds like something that you you don't really want to fuck around with if you don't know what you're doing exactly there's so much um like I said I just barely even scaled the surface of voodoo voodoo it's it's different name in every country but um I'd highly recommend there's a really good Vice documentary and there's also a really good bunch of free YouTube ones that show. Um, the rituals and how they are undertaken. It's really, really fascinating. Mm. It's almost like from my white boy stance, it's scary to me, but then understanding that to them and to somebody that's in that belief, it's not. It's actually really beautiful and powerful. And whether or not we believe those spirits exist or not, they're still experiencing a group and sense of community, which I always have said that Christianity and Catholicism, if anything, provides like a sense of community and, and like gathering. That's why, yeah. that's why I think people um, are, are religious. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of, in, this is going to sound very risque, but <laughs> I don't know what kind of adult would believe that a man walked on water. I'm so fucking sorry. It's just impossible. It can't mm. happen. It never would happen. But um, it, I think religion does provide that that love as long as you're not a cunt with your life. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, voodoo. It's so interesting. I, I, yeah, watch it. Watch documentary. It's good. Um, I was also going to say another point about religion and beliefs but I fucking forgot what it was god damn it was really good too that's okay it's okay it's gone it's out of my brain I'm, and I know that when I re-listen to this podcast and I listen to the, what I just said I'll be like fuck that's what I wanted to say and I've totally forgot and it's gonna kill me but that's okay well you know what that's the end fab thank you are you scared no are you not at all yeah, but I guess that was less scary and more of a lesson. Some people would be scared of um, those kind of spirits, I guess. Yeah. Me personally, yeah. I find it really fascinating. Scary yet fascinating, but I would 
um, I can guarantee the story that I was going to do this week, um, I kind of stopped because I was like, I'm getting scared. Yeah, I, I, I saw you do, like earlier yesterday or whenever it was, mm. and you were like, it's going to be a scary one this weekend. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I shit. I couldn't do it because there's just so much involved. Can I tell you? I'm just going to tell you guys because it'll be next week anyway. And if you're listening now, if you can send me any information <laughs> on this thing that you can find, I've scoured for documentaries and they are all so shit. Anyway, I was going to do, and just hear me out. You'd be like, that's dumb, but it's actually scary. Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. Yeah. I've watched so many videos of like people who have heard Bigfoot or Yowie in Australia, and it is the scariest sound I think I've ever heard. Yeah, right. It is. I don't think I've heard the sound. It's fucked. It sounds like a woman screaming at the top of her lungs. I do have some um, a fact about that though about Yowies? Bigfoot. No, oh, like Bigfoot, Bigfoot and um, the Yeti. What? Um, some I was there's actually some information from another like history podcast that I um, listened to once, and so pretty much. When you look back through history at the point in which both of these, um, I guess, creatures were first talked about, drawn about, um, uh, recorded in some way or another, um, that it's like they, they both kind of originated as um, within stories and folk tales as a way to scare children. Really? Yeah, kind of like, I don't know, like Monster Under the Bed kind of vibes, but for um, people in the Himalayas and I think like America is, is the place where Bigfoot yeah, originated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they both date back to a very similar period um, and it was like the, I guess, their, their reason um, for these these stories. What, <laughs> what is, is that? that? Oh, it's oh, a bird. bird. Fuck. <laughs> I thought some the Bigfoot was in the was in the bush. Um, see, I'm actually scared of Bigfoot. It scares me. Oh, see, I I don't believe in it. Um, okay. Just because of this podcast I listened to, and it was very much like proving, um, like all through history, how exactly it it aligns with with times. And it was it was during I can't remember the exact details, but the reason why it was created was to scare kids. But it was, there was also something that happened in the world at that point in time that these creatures were, I guess, created for a purpose. Mm. Um, so anyway, you should listen to that podcast. Well, you might learn something about it. That sounds interesting, but the point of my podcast is to scare people. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm going to present it's real. I'm kidding. No, that actually sounds <laughs> that actually sounds really good. If you remember the name, send it to me. I will. Um, but the Australian Yowie, which is the equivalent of the Bigfoot, um, Good chocolate too. It's it's so close to Canberra. <laughs> Do you have any idea how close they are to Canberra? What the Yowie spottings sightings? No, they are so close to Canberra. Are there photos? Then there's never there's photos. Never photos. There's exactly. <laughs> so prove me there's, wrong. There's recordings. Oh, recordings! I could make some <laughs> rumbling goddamn noises. No, you can't make these damn. Noises. <laughs> you can't there make. we go. Anyway, next week we'll have Laura believing in the Yowie <laughs> and feel it. Convince me. This is your job. Bigfoot, e.g., me. <laughs> Flatfoot. <laughs> Me. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I know it was a bit of a short one, but I hope you learned something. And uh, when you go to sleep tonight, please don't be scared of Baron Samity when he comes and murders you in your sleep. Thanks so much. I'm just kidding. He won't. Um, but again, thanks again. And love you all. Thanks, Laura. Thank you.
Ja, bye. Bye.